We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. The Timeline is a Blue Wire podcast. Sons podcast. Wow, that was incredible. My name is Mike. I'm here with Sam. Sam, three two, three two, baby. Mike, Michael Vigil, Michael V Hill. <laughs> you beautiful human. I feel like I just witnessed something that has the potential to be an all time moment in Suns history. Job ain't right. done, but but that's how I feel. How do you feel? I feel great, but. Can I just take a quick moment to say that Chris Haynes we're recording <laughs> I knew I knew you would start on this. I knew you We're would recording start immediately after the game. Chris oh Haynes just God. asked Devin Booker. He just asked Devin Booker if a pickup game in the <laughs> summer two years ago against Joe Kim Noah oh my God. <laughs> prepared him to play against the defending oh. champions in the playoffs. <laughs> In his first playoffs ever. One of the dumbest questions I have ever <laughs> heard asked. And a oh, perfect example. A perfect example of how the Phoenix Suns have like three narratives that people can bring up in the back of their mind. And that apparently is one of them. They don't even know what to ask them about after they shock the world by beating the LeBron Lakers by 30 points in game five of the playoffs. It was incredible. So I feel great. I just had to get that off my chest to start before I didn't want to forget to mention that. Well, let's just let's just point out that book I thought had a really classy response as a guy who who people have talked about 
his interactions with the media before. And in this case, you know, he understood the moment. He just, he quickly defended himself. He was like, hey, they're different situations. But he moved on. There was no sass in, in his tone. I thought it yeah. was great. Yeah, stupid, really what stupid the, what, they, what they essentially asked him is, did you learn how to pass out of a double team <laughs> when you were playing with not your teammates? Our buddy, our buddy on Twitter, Serge, I just want to, I just want to, shout out this tweet that i'm reading right now it says hey book great game quote you've come a long way in your career what's this i hear about a poland spring because it's like <laughs> just latching on to yeah one of the like three stories it's like hey book what's this what's this i hear about the time you beat up a dude in an elevator with tyler yeah. ulis like yeah. the things that you choose to to reference after the biggest game of his career devin booker you just beat the defending champions by 30 points in the playoffs do you remember that time that robert sarver put a goat in ryan mcdonough's office <laughs> No, that would be if that would be if Rachel Nichols was doing the interview. Then we would have hit it for sure. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, fascinating game. By the way, I guess Dennis Schroeder was curious about that Poland spring in the first game, right? Or in game two when he reached for it. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> the Suns won by thirty, and it was a complete control of the game in a way that you hope to happen. And a lot of the things that we talked about in the last episode really worked well in this game and I think the main thing that I wanted to talk about is just how the defenders really fall into place against this team without Anthony Davis one more time I talked about it on the last episode uh, but just to reiterate it when you can put Mikel Bridges on Dennis Schroeder on the the point of attack essentially you can hide basically Chris Paul and Devin Booker who carry the load offensively on other guys and then you have Jay Crowder on LeBron and DeAndre Ayton just controlling the paint defensively. It becomes very, very, very difficult to score, regardless of if it's Marc Gasol or Andre Drummond. The defense really just falls into the place for the Suns, and they're not even a good offensive team already. So it just really worked really well in this game. Not to mention when when you can just get back to doing the things that have made you such a comfortable team all season long. Do you remember at the beginning of the series when I said, Straight up, I don't want to run a drop coverage against LeBron because I don't want to concede the lane to him. But, you know, this was a game, and, and they've been doing it all series, but especially this game. They were switching some off-screen actions, but every time it was LeBron coming around that pick and roll, they just played DeAndre Ayton in a drop. And it's it's been totally serviceable to the Suns all se- uh, all series long, and it's it really just continues to be crazy. LeBron hit a, a lot of his patented threes in transition, just kind of pulling up and you know with a smooth motion. He still can't get to the rim, and if he doesn't have AD and his teammates aren't shooting like fifty percent from deep to kind of bail him out, and he's just he just has to be jump shooter LeBron the entire game, they're not they're not going to win. It, it becomes, honestly, at that point, less of a conversation about execution because, like, I think I think Vogel can do all the chess match-type schematic things he wants to do, but the Lakers just don't have the talent. I mean, yeah. that's really what it came down to tonight. It was LeBron did his best. Uh, Schroeder was completely locked down. The only other guy who could kind of create even an ounce of his own offense was completely locked down by Mikhail Bridges, who played f- yeah. terrific point-of-attack defense. And the rest of the guys, they just can't do it. They just can't live up to the roles that they need to play in the playoffs. Doesn't mean they, they won't be capable potentially of bouncing back in game six or seven, especially the home court advantage, the potential for AD to come back for the Lakers. So I'm not saying it's over by any means, but the talent gap between these two teams was obvious tonight it was it was really obvious the Lakers needed LeBron James to play like superstar LeBron James the dynamic three-level scorer who can just kind of get to the rim at will and he just couldn't be that he couldn't no 
Uh, that's the story of the game, and that's kind of what we've been talking about. What's the word? The word of our podcast for the last five, six episodes is vulnerable. Uh, they look vulnerable. LeBron was not quite LeBron, and I thought what was especially impressive. Now, we have to mention Chris Paul re-injured his shoulder a little bit there, was back out, um, was not, it was very, very scary at first, was not as scary once he was back out there doing his coaching to Cameron Payne. Uh, to be honest, I think it was him trying to bring Cameron Payne up because Cameron Payne looked like he was down on himself somehow after his incredible game. Uh, but it looks a little better. But what I thought was especially impressive is, obviously, Chris Paul is still good and he does his thing. <laughs> he was a plus 34 in this game. Uh, but nine points, six assists, four rebounds. Like it wasn't some and three for nine shooting. Although he did hit a three, it wasn't this otherworldly performance by Chris Paul that allowed the Suns to win by thirty. This was really the first game where the shooting kind of worked. The role players mm-hmm. did their thing, and and then Devin Booker was incredible, and that's what did it. I just, I just, I'm happy that it wasn't all because of Chris Paul because you right. don't know how much that's going to remain. Right. I mean, and now you've got this kind of um, versatile narrative about the Suns. I mean, there's a lot of different guys you can point at in this game. But I think for Chris, the biggest thing is just that he can make those passes that he couldn't make two games ago. Like, it's yeah. not even necessarily about him being able to pull up, although he does look more comfortable in that kind of 16, 18 foot area. Yeah. But also he snakes around the pick and roll. He can throw an on target pass to the corner, either to Jay Crowder, Mikhail Bridges, and then those guys either shoot or attack a closeout. That's not something that the Suns were even capable of doing in games two and three. They weren't able yeah. to get those guys set up in any of their spots we, we talked a lot in those games about how jay and mikhail were coming up uh to the top of the key to try and take different shots that they're a little bit less comfortable with well today they were getting the shots in the corners that they like the most and and a lot of that is just about chris paul's comfort level and, and and so that that aspect of it was great to see and there's there's something that anthony davis does defensively that look he's he's their best defensive player by a lot and one of the best defensive players in the nba over the last few seasons. So Anthony Davis, obviously incredible, a massive hole missing for them in this game. But he essentially, when you're driving baseline or you're driving from like a wing, he essentially shuts down the pass entirely on one half of the court where you can't pass it out to shooters because he just is so good at like blocking those passes and getting hands in passing lanes. He reads drives really well and he's able to sort of stand right in the way uh, when he's out of the game, you can really get to the rim relatively easily. And when the help defense comes with players who are not Anthony Davis, the ball can swing to the corners a lot easier because he's just he takes up so much space in those passing lanes. Exactly. And yeah. there's and there's nobody on the Lakers that can recreate. There's very few people that can recreate that in the NBA period. So obviously with Anthony Davis missing, they were able to swing the ball a lot better. I mean, even the Suns have struggled with that at times. You know, the Suns have been very good at, at being a small team this year, but there has been the aspect of they, they don't necessarily have a lot of rim protection. And especially if you play against offenses that drag DeAndre Ayton away from the rim, then especially those teams feel more comfortable attacking the Suns because it's like Jay Crowder's not going to be that weak side protector. So that's been the advantage all season long for the Lakers of having Anthony Davis in the position he plays. But tonight... I mean, Markeith Morris played off the floor within 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. He started yeah. the game. He played 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, that didn't go very well for the Lakers. And, and even Mar- the Marcus Gasol experiment, which they started the second half with, and they went to pretty early in that first half, they were targeting him. They they were lining up pick and rolls to go right at Mark Gasol, whether that was uh, Devin Booker, Cameron Payne, or Chris Paul. Chris Paul didn't share the floor a lot with Mark Gasol, but when he did, he was still going at him. He just couldn't keep up. You either you either you concede the mid range shot, 
with if he's dropped back far enough or they're just going to blow by him to the rim so they don't really have that guy that can defend really well in space now obviously i'm giant hole missing <laughs> there's an obvious thing here but it really shows that the sun's game planned really well for this specific game to to attack them in the right way i mean incredible I don't even know. I'm going down the line here. Like, I don't even know where to start with. Um, <laughs> I think we got to start with Booker. Yeah. Let's start with Booker. It's got to be Booker. Let's 30 start with points, Booker. 7 rebounds, 5 assists. Set the tone for the team. An incredible performance. What did you think? I, yeah. I, he hit the tough shots that he had to. He hit, he hit multiple pull-up threes to get him going in the first quarter, which right there I was like, oh, this is it. <laughs> like, like anytime you see that, you should know that I'm at home wherever I am. Like, I'm just fist pumping whenever that happens. I'm like, yep, this is it. This is exactly what we need from that dude. Um, just hitting the difficult shots that he needed to hit. It's it's actually pretty amazing here. I'm looking now, 23 field goal attempts, only two free throws. I kind of didn't yes. notice. What's, what's kind of remarkable is when the Suns, who have been a jump shooting team all season long, but then in this series have kind of been like floundering a little bit in that regard. They're shooting maybe like league average a little bit below league average from three. So the free throw disparity becomes a, a lot more recognizable. But when this team is actually on and the role players are hitting the, the corner threes, the wing threes that you're used to seeing them make, uh, you don't necessarily mind seeing two free throw attempts for Devin Booker on only 23 shots. It's it's not really something that bugs me. Um, and actually the, the team as a whole still got 21 free throw attempts in this game thanks mm-hmm. to both teams yeah yeah guys like cam johnson here had seven in this one um but yeah. yeah booker booker was booker was amazing he was he was everything they needed him to be the word i want to use is decisive i think that he knew exactly what he was planning on doing on every moment depending on how they were going to defend the action that they were running and that means that he probably did a ton of film watching he was very prepared for what they were going to do and I thought uh, he got to his spots really easily. He made the right decision. Only one turnover in this game, too. Five assists to one turnover. By the way, as far as assists to turnovers, they had nine, or, I'm sorry, 29 assists and only four turnovers for the game. I mean, that's an offense running as smoothly as it gets. I and wouldn't be surprised if that was close to the most assists the Suns have ever had in a playoff game. Well, and, and we've talked about this before. The Suns have the best assist turnover ratio as a team. They did in the regular season of any NBA team in the past 20 years. Why does that matter? Obviously, it helps you with an efficient offense, but obviously an efficient offense helps your defense as well. One of the main reasons, one of the underrated reasons why the Suns have been such a good defensive team this year is because they don't allow teams to get out in transition because they never turn the ball over. Between Chris Paul and campaign. Devin Booker's kind of the only guard who's who's even struggled a little bit with his ball handling, and when he has, it's it's usually been related to those traps and unique pick-and-roll coverages that kind of only he sees. When he's able to clean up those issues like they did tonight and the entire team is rolling, the Lakers' offense, their half-court offense is so bad, and, and sincerely, it's so bad, that the only way the Lakers can beat the Suns in a game at this point, not just tonight, but any game, is they need to completely lock us down on defense, hold us to like below 100 points. But then also they need to create the turnovers to generate their own transition offense because their half-court offense alone is not going to cut it. Yeah, and and the Suns yeah. didn't. The Suns just completely did not allow that tonight. No, not at all, and not at all. And you know, it's actually kind of funny the the answer that Devin Booker gave to Chris Haynes. He talked about being double teamed. He talked about getting off the ball early, and that was. I'm glad he mentioned that because that's a perfect thing to talk about. Uh, it's not like Devin Booker had 30 points in this game, 
and they were no longer trapping him or double teaming him. No, they definitely were. Like they were, they were bringing a second guy at Devin Booker anytime he was isolating from the top of the key, and if he was in the paint, they were collapsing the defense on him a lot. And he, what he was doing when I say decisive. Either he was understanding the direction that it was coming from and turning back the other way to try and get an open shot, or he knew exactly who to pass to to properly swing the ball to the open shooter. And right, like I talked about Anthony Davis being gone, that means those passing lanes are a lot more wide open for him, and that's what he did. He got off the ball as early as possible as soon as that second guy came, and the Suns were capitalizing that over and over and over again. And the 29 assists is indicative of the fact that it was everyone moving the ball because that ball sometimes when Devin Booker got off of it, sometimes it took three or four passes to find another open guy, but all of it stemmed from the way that they were defending him at the point of attack. And it'll be interesting to see if the Lakers continue to do that or if they try to see if Devin Booker could beat them on his own in the next game. Right. Well, I I think it was a smart move for the Lakers to take that approach because just truthfully speaking like the wings have been we called them out after last game the wings have not been that impressive for the suns in this series tonight do you want to transition to kind of what the wings did or are we still talking about booker no that sounds good i mean like they did exactly what they you know it's again i talked about a symbiotic relationship last game between kind of ayton and what the wings do but you could very easily talk just as much about the relationship between booker and the wings because booker was making those decisive passes the wings then he needs to put his faith in them to make the right reads and tonight i thought every single one of them jay crowder mikhail bridges um and definitely Cam Johnson. Maybe Torrey Craig's in a little bit of a separate category tonight because he played a bunch of minutes at the five. So I think we should talk about that because that was really interesting. But uh, but especially Crowder, Bridges, and Cam Johnson. They were either shooting in the first millisecond or they knew that they were attacking that closeout. And so first of all, they generated a bunch of assists by being decisive in attacking that closeout. I mean, it's, it's corny to say this, but it was just 0.5 offense. Like, uh, Jay only shot three for nine from deep. Not super amazing. Mikhail shot three for seven. Uh, but what I thought was impressive is just the fact that they shot without any hesitation whatsoever. And so I, I, I didn't mind the shots that they were taking at all because there was just, mm-hmm. again, there was, there was no hesitation. It was high volume. Like a guy like Jay Crowder. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We know he's streaky. He's built to take eight, nine, ten three-point attempts in a playoff game. Just just fire them up, mm-hmm. and if you get hot at the right times, then then you'll be able to kind of carry the offense. And you know, like last game when he had seventeen points, those guys just need to shoot 
pass or dribble immediately. Um, but but what they can't allow to happen is to sort of bog down the offense the way that they were allowing that in the previous couple of games, yeah. uh, particularly like games two and three. Um, tonight they were they were just flawless. Yep. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Frank Kaminsky minutes. Uh, yeah, I guess if that's like... Let's talk about it. So is that like... I don't even know what you could nitpick about this game except for that. I've, well, I, I wouldn't even... I didn't even bother me. I'll be 100% honest. Like, in a game where the Suns won by 30 points, he played 10 minutes and they were plus one <laughs> in those yeah. minutes, which means, by the way, technically the Suns won the Frank Kaminsky minutes. So if you just start there, you you can almost be convinced the Suns won the game anyway. Uh, but you wouldn't expect a 30-point victory there. Uh, the reason I bring it up is 10 minutes... Um, and some of those came at the end of the game when it was basically over before they finally really pulled the plug and put Jalen Smith in. Uh, but they did not keep on with those Kaminsky minutes. It was actually pretty similar to what they did in game four in that Kaminsky came out or came in for uh, DeAndre Ayton early. And then they ended up going to a small ball five at some point with both uh, Jay Crowder and Torrey Craig in later. And look, I... If they're not getting killed in those Kaminsky minutes and they still find ways to do that small ball minutes, I, I'm not going to fret over that because I understand that the small ball minutes are hard to maintain over a long period of time and that's how players kind of get beaten up. And I think I've learned that lesson from really loving the Dario Saric minutes in the regular season and what he is now. And for being a P.J. Tucker fan all those years too, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I yeah, think I mean, that... He, yeah. Yeah, you were trying to convince me at the and and I'm not, you know, coming after you or anything, but you were trying to say how much this guy still has left in the tank for Milwaukee and I'm I I know Milwaukee's rolling right now, but I wouldn't necessarily say he is uh what he was in Houston. So, um no. no. Those yeah, minutes, those minutes older. definitely wore him down. Yeah, I I think you need to start this this is a little bit silly. I don't want to get too carried away with discussions about the next round, but it is important because, you know, Still got to get the job done here, but it is important to consider what the Suns' weaknesses are, uh, and and how those things might handicap them against other potential opponents. You know, like, yeah, could you get away with playing Frank Kaminsky against either Denver or Portland? Probably not. Probably yeah. not at all. <laughs> like both of those teams uh, present. Uh, unique challenges but i think kind of in either situation it would be a disaster right so yeah look playing tory for a stretch was a step in the right direction 
this is still very clearly the Suns' like number one. What the hell are we going to do about this? Because nothing seems to be working. I thought I thought Dario played fine in seven minutes, but it was garbage time. So yeah, he obviously can't really d- count that. Yet. Yeah, I can't take any coherent conclusions from that. Nor uh, can I say that like he dominated fair competition. It was garbage time. So uh, yeah. yeah, we'll 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 see, man. I mean, Frank had four assists. Forces, I mean, it's hard turnovers. to argue with the game plan in a game <laughs> where they won by 30 points. Like I know. It's, po- plus yeah. minus only means so much. Like It really doesn't matter. Uh, it's 10 minutes. They could have just hit some lucky threes in that time, and that's why he was plus one. So none of that really matters. I, there was nothing to me that stood out in this game that I thought Frank Kaminsky looked completely out of his like out of sorts. It, you know, it, it, this Lakers team is different now uh, than they were before. So... I'm not worried about it. if they go with the same game plan in the next game. It makes sense as long as they're able to sort of pull the hook early and grab either Kaminsky or Sarge, whoever plays, and go small and see how long they can do that. The Lakers did at one point put Drummond back in. Like they started small against the Suns when the Suns went small. I'm not sure who who put who in first. It could have been the Lakers that went small and then the Suns matched. Uh, but eventually the Suns were winning those minutes. Eventually they put Drummond back in, and it still didn't really go well like the Suns' small lineup worked relatively well in that didn't play an extended amount of time there uh but there was nothing really scary about drummond against that lineup i guess in in a lot of ways you're forcing the ball to drummond and that's a good situation for the suns yeah he got hit with a couple of offensive foul calls i I actually thought the whistle was i mean i would say this right but like the whistle was great tonight for the suns in, in that there were a lot of offensive fouls on the lakers including a couple on drummond where he's just um how do I put it politely? I mean, just a, a low IQ player with with some of those when he has to create his own offense. Like any time, dummy. Yeah, dummy. I mean, look, I don't think he's a stupid person, but as a basketball yeah. player, uh, any possession where you can give him the ball and force him to think, it's like what we say with Aiden. He's slow. It's like what we say with Aiden, except a hundred times worse. Like he's slow. Yeah, forcing he has no reaction time. Forcing him to think is a win for the Suns' defense. And yeah. so, yeah, we're we've arrived at a point now where. The Lakers can try their hardest. I think their perimeter defense is still pretty good. I think they've got some yeah. weapons. Um, and Alex Caruso is trying his best on, on Devin Booker, KCP. He came back from injury valiantly um, for most of this game. I think he left at the tail end of it. But yeah. not a single big in their death chart scares me one bit. No. Not no. Harrell, not Gasol, not Drummond, not Keefe. And they've tried everyone now, and I don't know what they're going to do if AD misses another game because yeah. I, I, I don't know what the adjustment is. Again, like, how much can you do with with that talent gap is what I yeah. started off the episode by saying. And, and every, I don't know what they will do. Every single person that wanted the Lakers to win this game knew that all of it was hinging on how good LeBron James looked. That's really the uh, your best adjustment if you're the Lakers is LeBron uh, ages back five years. Uh, because the way that he's currently playing it's difficult to even envision a way that which, sounds, unless everyone just hits shots, which can, this is the NBA that can happen. Totally can happen. And, and there can be a freak outcome like that. I mean, it helped that Schroeder, McHale played terrific defense on Schroeder, I thought, but at the end of the day, Schroeder still also just missed some shots that in another game he could easily hit. You know, he went 0 for 8. If he went 4 for 8, it would be a different story. Um, but yeah, with LeBron, it's just like, it would just be the most, quintessential LeBron series I think we can say for him to come back and have a monster performance in game six and then close it out in Phoenix in game seven 
like knowing what we know in the past about LeBron, he he has not looked like he can be that guy up to this point. I really thought this was the game where it would be like, oh, LeBron, you've got your back against the wall. Okay, it's time to score 35 now and get to the rim a little bit. He still didn't do it, which makes me question, you know, I really think he probably just can't. However, the most quintessential ending to this series wouldn't have been LeBron winning tonight. It would be them blowing game five <laughs> and then coming yeah. back and winning in seven, like theoretically. That's what ESPN wants. I guess you're right. Uh, but let, let me just give a little credit to the Suns there too because, uh, look, I said it in the last game. I didn't really necessarily want the Suns to game plan for LeBron like he was LeBron from 2017. And uh, to an extent, they didn't, but also they did a really good job, especially in transition, of packing the paint as much as possible to make sure that he couldn't get into the paint early. Uh, they still brought help, as as one would do, as soon as he starts getting into the paint, but they didn't overreact and cause shooters to be wide open. I think they did a really good job of getting back to shooters. This is something that Devin Booker has struggled with. And by the way, we didn't even talk about it in the last game. Devin Booker has been very good defensively in this series. He's playing his ass off to get around screens. He got beat by Schroeder, I think, in game two, I guess it was. And I think he came back in games three, four, and five, and he's played excellent, excellent defense in this series. By his standards, I think, obviously he's no Mikel, and he can't be, but I thought he was really good. And, and right, they got back to shooters. They found ways to do it both. He's not disruptive in, in the way that Mikhail is with his length. And and honestly, you know, I've seen him fall asleep a few times on off-ball cutters. I actually thought before uh, the Lakers' offense just totally fell apart in the second quarter, I thought they were doing a really good job of moving off ball on offense when they were kind yeah. of um, showing a varied offense. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and and they just became predictable because honestly, a few times LeBron would beat his guy off the dribble. There was one possession where the Suns switched a screen. It was Chris Paul on LeBron. LeBron gets the first step by him. He's like got him right there. He's maybe ten feet out, and he still passed out to the corner. This was like mid second quarter, but uh, sorry, he passes out to the corner. Yeah. But like that's when I was thinking I was like, "Oh my god, he just he really just does not have it." I mean, he's he's going to be passive like this the whole game. And like it's okay to feed your teammates and and feel it out and try to get other guys going first and then get yours yeah. later, but at a certain point you got to take that shot, dude. You're you're arguably the greatest of all time according to people. So, there um, was yeah, I mean, thir- he turns 37 in like a month. Just for the record, like I'm not saying that he can't be incredible the next two games, but we do have to remember that. Uh, and, and I think the Suns play, they played him like he was turning 37 in a month. There was a moment in the second quarter where Torrey Craig was in guarding LeBron James. And LeBron caught it on a turnover at half court. And Torrey Craig was backpedaling at the three-point line. Now, I have seen this movie before. And I know what happens. It's LeBron is faster than you, especially when you're moving backwards. He gets to the rim. He dunks. It's an and one. He scores three points, and then they go back the other way. He's got a better vertical game, than you, too. Yeah. At least in the he, past. He runs faster, jumps higher, and is stronger. Yeah. In this game, he took one step, conceded the lane to Torrey Craig, turned around and posted him up from like 20 feet away. And I just thought, I rewound it, and I watched that play a few times, and I just it was weird for me, you know. It almost made me reflect on myself getting older. <laughs> right. Well, th- and that's what I was saying. That's what I was saying on Twitter after the game. It's like there's a part of me that hates this because it's yeah. like, dude, you're one of my idols. Like I started following basketball in the year after LeBron was drafted. Like when Steve Nash came to Phoenix. That's that's my basketball birth story as a fan. You're one of my idols. This this hurts. Like I don't like seeing you vulnerable. Obviously. 
Suns got to do what they got to do to get, you know, I want the Suns to go all the way here. So at a certain point, it's fuck you and, you know, let's close out the series. But still, it's like, damn, dude, put up a little bit of a fight. And I'm sure he will in game six. I'm, I'm sure he will. basketball to contemplate my own mortality. <laughs> <laughs> but don't That's we all... I'm Don't trying to distract myself from that, like the rest of America. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, it just, I thought they did a really good job defending him. But when you watch a play like that specifically, I, I gave credit to the Suns because they did a really good job, especially in transition, I thought. But that was one of those times that LeBron would get a dunk normally and it just didn't happen. And uh, that's a good sign for the Suns. A lot will rest on how healthy Chris Paul is. An elimination game is the hardest thing to win in the NBA. So can they win game six? Yeah, they have a good game plan for the Lakers. Even if the Lakers make adjustments, they're going to make adjustments that allow other guys to score. For example, the Suns shot really well in this game. Aiton had eight points because they played defense differently in this game than they did previous games. He was still excellent, but that's what they conceded. They conceded jump shots to the Suns, and the Suns made those shots. If they concede jump shots to the Suns again, they have to make them. And if it's close, that's when Chris Paul will matter the most. And mm-hmm. that's why we hope he's healthy more than anything else. Are you excited about game six? I nervous? Mean, yeah, I, I'm a little bit nervous, <laughs> but I'm super excited, dude. I mean, we're up three, two. Like, what's not to be excited about? Uh, it's N, N. Uh, let's just say, because I think we could talk about this series now. Portland Denver is crazy. Like what happened tonight in that game was nuts. And obviously I I, I, I missed that game. I couldn't watch it at the same time because I was so focused on the Suns game. But like, oh my God, that was an insane, a a double overtime, seven point win for Denver for anyone who doesn't know. Um, So I feel like officially Thursday, you got to close out the Lakers. But I do feel like officially that game is going to be bumped up to an earlier time slot. And I need to start paying attention, like close attention to that series now. So I'll see if I can watch the two games back to back just in case the Suns close it out in six because so we can start scouting. Yeah, I'm, I don't even want to talk about that. I'll be honest. I don't want to talk I'm about too it. Scared. I'm too superstitious. I don't want to talk about <laughs> it. No, 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 no. But there's a difference. Like I know what you mean. We we're gotta not start watching. <laughs> just so no one, no one gives a shit here. We're not talking about it on the podcast. We're not going to do that. We're not going to like start breaking them down. But you do got to start feeling it out a little bit. You do got to start feeling it out. I mean, you're up three two. The TNT was showing the stat. You know, uh, multiple the times. One we th- made up on the last episode. <laughs> What? Which one? Teams that win game five in a two. Oh, yes. Teams that win game five, uh, 85%, I think it said. You lied to me. You told me it was 69%. Well, Uh, you would rather it would be 85, wouldn't you? So there we go. Yes, that's true. So you've got an 85% chance against mere mortals. You could argue if LeBron James is not that. but, uh, But he looks like a mere mortal in this series, so I'm feeling pretty good about it feeling pretty good the 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 the, honestly the things that i'm most worried about now are that lebron is a superhuman and that you're not going to get the same calls you got tonight (laughs) in la in game six mm -hmm. and and if you don't chris paul's health and chris paul's health and if you don't get the same calls you got tonight in la in game six and they buy enough time so that ad comes back and it's game seven even if you're at home that transforms the series once again so yeah. that's that's what I'm most worried about right now. I have been watching the NBA playoffs my whole life. One of my earliest memories is the Suns versus the Bulls finals uh, from when I was a kid. I just remember those games uh, pretty vividly. A, a big thing happens, and forgive me for going full ESPN here, but there are times where stars go into game six up three to two 
and often they're the higher seed and that means that you're playing in your opponent's arena and that's how you become a hero that's how kobe bryant became a hero that's how lebron james became a hero that's how michael jordan became a hero whatever happens in game six if the suns pull out a win there will be a new hero for the phoenix suns that we will talk about maybe for the rest of our lives that's how that's how incredible these game sixes can be because it's in the imposing arena and that's oftentimes you shoot worse in opposing arenas like the sun shot really well that's why stars matter a lot uh, so I'm very excited for this game six if um, a hero could be born if that's going to be anyone it's got to be Booker like this yeah. team goes where Booker takes him that's exactly right a big part of me hopes it's campaign though yeah <laughs> what a what Paul a would story be fun too, right <laughs> campaign has just can we say has objectively been the best point guard for either team in this series that's, that's not interesting right he's been better than chris paul because of the injury because that's of a couple yeah, games where chris right. paul was yeah. just nothing he's been better than Schroeder now i mean you look at the past four games uh i don't have the game here here you look <laughs> sorry i gotta pull it up real quick you look at the past 16 four points tonight look at the past four games 11 16 points tonight he had 13 last game 15 the game before and then 19 the game before that he's hitting his threes doing his thing playing with boys campaign man i don't know what that extension is going to look like but but i'm at the point where it's like give him whatever the hell he wants personally you know yeah, we talked. We're gonna have to at some point too. I'm not ready to do it. I have about how these guys are earning monies my, in the playoffs. My current thought, and and things are subject to change, but my current thought is it's not my money. Pay all of them, and I don't care. <laughs> like that's yeah. that's literally Just keep keep as many of those good guys as you can. I think the Suns have earned enough that they can get some veterans that could play minutes with the team for for minimums because they're good R- ring chasers, if if you will, in quotes. I'm not going to guarantee anything for the Suns here. Uh, but yeah, that'll be interesting. They we'll might save that conversation for later once the games are. We're gonna need something to talk about in the off season. So yeah, they might need to bribe someone to take on Dario's contract to kind of make some of the financials work. But <laughs> but I think I they know. can get it done. I still believe he could be good next season. Um, Schroeder, oh for nine. I just want to just shout that out. <laughs> oh for nine, Dennis Schroeder. Uh, zero free throw attempts, so he ended the game with zero points. Uh, one assist in 26 minutes I mean, and that's if, why you want to talk about Mikel jail exactly that was it that was it right so like he's earning his money too we didn't even really talk we talked about the wings generally but we didn't talk about like Mikhail tonight he had a bounce back game i mean he yeah. he still like didn't hit the shots that i really want him to hit you know the two-point shots like the cuts the lakers have been so good about shutting down his cuts uh all series um and and not even allowing him to leak out in transition either but like Mikhail jail was in its purest form tonight. That's how he's earning his money, too. And um, and if the Suns can continue this run, let me just say, like, Mikhail has expended so much energy in guarding LeBron this series. I know he didn't tonight, yeah. but, but generally... No coincidence that he yeah. had his breakout game not guarding LeBron. It is totally possible, and you've said this in the past, but I just want to reiterate the point that, like, if the Suns can continue on into round two and three, there could be future series where it's like, oh this is the series for Mikhail to break out offensively. Yeah. And and I yeah. still believe. I, I still believe in that. Yeah, before right before the game, I messaged you, Sam, and I said, I feel like this could be a Booker game tonight because of no Anthony Davis help defense. And I said, I think if the Suns make it past the series, it could be more Mikhail time. Uh, so hopefully, I was right about one of those things. Devin Booker had a good game. Hopefully I'm right about Mikhail. Even Booker, because the Lakers are still a very good defensive team. The Suns really just torched them tonight. Um I think those guys could do a lot better against different kinds of defenses, but 
Obviously, they still have to finish this one out. That's the most important thing. There's not a lot of adjustments to talk about for you guys, so I'm sorry we're not going to break out adjustment talk here because they just won by 30 points. It's up to it's on the Lakers to adjust at this point. Otherwise, this will continue to work. Uh, once again, we will be back after Game Six on Thursday, which is in LA. Hopefully, that's another win we can come back and celebrate with you guys. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Sam, you got anything else before we go? Looking forward to it. Should be really fun. situations and atmospheres now. No, that's a totally different situation. You know, in the summertime, you're working on your game. If you're in a gym full of NBA players, I feel like you're there to work. Out here, I know the right play to make. You know, get off it quick. I have teammates I can give the ball to. Um, and they make them pay, and that's what happened tonight. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.